The MarTech Podcast is a proud member of the I Hear Everything Podcast Network. Looking to launch or scale your podcast? I Hear Everything delivers podcast production, growth, and monetization solutions that transform your words into profit. Ready to give your brand a voice? Then visit IHearEverything.com. From advertising to software as a service to data, Across all of our programs and clients, we've seen a 55 to 65% open rate. Getting brands authentically integrated into content performs better than TV advertising. Typical lifespan of an article is about 24 to 36 hours. If we're reaching out to the right person with the right message and a clear call to action, then it's just a matter of timing. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast, a Ben J. Shap LLC production. In this podcast, you'll hear the stories of world-class marketers that use technology to drive business results and achieve career success. We'll unearth the real-world experiences of some of the brightest minds in the marketing and technology space so you can learn the tools, tips, and tricks they've learned along the way. Now here's the host of the MarTech Podcast, Benjamin Shapiro. Welcome to the MarTech Podcast. Today, we're going to talk tech with a former executive from one of the most prominent companies in the MarTech industry. Joining us is Jennifer Byrne, who is a technology advocate working towards the future where everyone has the tools to thrive in the digital world. A veteran of the technology industry where she created digital transformation strategies for some of the biggest companies and governments in the world, including her time spent as the CTO of Microsoft US. Yesterday, Jennifer and I talked about navigating a non-traditional career in technology, and today we're going to talk about the future of work. All right, here's the second part of my conversation with Jennifer Byrne, former CTO of Microsoft US. Jennifer, welcome back to the MarTech Podcast. Thanks for having me. Very excited to have you back on the show. Yesterday, we talked about your career path, about how you went from a college degree in psychology into cybersecurity through sales and somehow landed as the CTO of Microsoft. And then there's your post-executive role where you are helping as an advisor to companies and thinking a lot about the way that work is changing Talk to me about some of the trends that you see and, and really how is work different today than it was yesterday? Well, I think about the way work is changing through the lens of how technology is changing it. So a couple of things are going on. On one hand, you see a lot more technology infused into everyone's current job. So if you were a doctor, you are using a lot more technology now than you were 10 years ago. If you were in marketing, you were using a lot more technology than you were 10 years ago. There's almost no job that doesn't have an infusion of tech in it somewhere. And that makes things possible that weren't possible before. You know, you get to be more efficient, you get to be more creative, you get to be more visible, you have to acquire more skills. So I think about all that in largely positive terms, as long as people have the training and the time to acquire the technical skills they need to have. And there's a little bit of a challenge there. The other side of it is not so positive, and it is how technology is actually eliminating jobs. And that's something that I think we need to think about because one of the trends that we have been seeing over the last couple of recessions is that the skills that are going away while they have been automation related in the past, as AI becomes more prevalent, you start to see some jobs being or job classes being eliminated that are not necessarily at the bottom end of the wage scale, but more in the middle. 
And I think that's going to have a very interesting impact on job force in general. It's interesting. You know, I, I think about the future of work or some of the transitions that we're going through. We're in the digital era, right? The digital transformation broadly. And a lot of that is technology helping us to gain access and distribute information quickly. And the people that are thriving have a grasp on not only how to get data, how to analyze it, and then how to talk about what they're finding to make better business decisions. That in theory sounds all well and positive, and you then mentioned that like not everyone can do that. So talk to me about some of the work that you're doing and how you're helping communities and organizations manage the process of educating their workforce and trying to mitigate some of the potential losses of people's jobs. It's a big, big, big problem. And so when you think about where can I make an impact, that's been one of the hardest challenges for me. Largely, I think having the conversation itself so that everybody gets fluent in you know, this conversation and can have it in the context of their own company or their own team or their own career is itself very important work. The other place where I'm spending time is this idea of skills and skills attainment. Because we know that whether or not you are in a job that you're going to keep and you just need more technical skills in order to do it well, or you're in a job that will go away because technology will be able to do what you were doing, either way, you still need new skills. And there's a little bit of a silver lining there because, because things are moving so fast and technology is evolving so rapidly and the application of technology is revolving so rapidly, there is this acknowledgement in HR departments and in company leaders that you don't necessarily have time to get people to go back to school for four years, right? You've just got it like, what are better ways and quicker and faster ways to get skilled or reskilled or upskilled? And so there's this huge growth in online training and certifications and other ways to, you know, sort of get quick, fast, cheap education and skills. Now, the problem is that let's say I'm a marketing person, right? And I'm working for a small company and there's a lot of marketing automation. And I've been doing this same job for 15 years and I'm good at it, but now you don't need me anymore. So what do I do? How do I figure out what skill I need? You become a podcast host. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> or if you don't want to become a podcast host, you look around and try to figure out what kind of skill pathway will lead me to the kind of work that I want to do. And that's where I think we have an opportunity to actually use technology to solve the same problem it created by creating platforms that connect people with the skills they need. And then once they have those skills, allow employers to say, you know what, I need like a person who does data analysis for my marketing department, but I'm the HR recruiting person. I don't even know what those skills are. What does somebody like that do? Like what kind of skills do they have? And so you've got to connect people with the skills they need, but also then those skilled people to the employers who need to hire them. And I think there's a platform underneath that that we can and should be building that will make that work. So give me an example of how you think about this problem. Well, here's an analogy for that. World hunger is the scenario where we have warehouses of food around the world that are going bad, and yet you have people who are going hungry. So it's not that there isn't a surplus, it's that we don't know how to connect with the people who need it. It's not supply and demand, it's a supply chain problem, right? To connect the demand with the supplier, vice versa. Mm -hmm. So skills is like that as well. We have Coursera and Udemy and edX and just all manner of online training for tech skills, as an example. 
but it's really hard if you're somebody whose job was just eliminated and maybe your company is giving you six months of free training to know what you should be studying. Like, do I need to learn Python if I want to go be digital marketing or not? Yeah, it seems like there's a, you know, a couple challenges here within re-engineering the workforce. As one, there's the career pathing and skill development, and two, there is the actual training and education piece. And I guess maybe there's a third kind of a marketing problem here as well is finding the right match, which is essentially what marketing is, matching the right product offer with the right customer. A special thanks to our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, the marketing mixed modeling platform that makes measuring ROI fast, easy, and cost-effective. Request a demo at mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Time for a one-minute break to hear from our presenting sponsor, Mutinex. In 1919, John Wanamaker said, half the money I spend on advertising is wasted. I just don't know which half. Well, the advertising landscape has changed since then. And instead of reaching your audience on two channels, you're probably reaching them on 20. Turns out John didn't know how easy he had it. But that doesn't mean that you should give up on striving towards marketing effectiveness. No matter how complex your marketing strategy is, Mutinex Growth OX is the market mix modeling platform that measures the impact of marketing on your bottom line. Mutinex's market mix modeling platform calibrates your insights against the latest market conditions so you can make media and marketing investment decisions confidently and quickly. Ready to take your team from I think to I know? Then join brands like Samsung, ING, and Asahi who make better marketing decisions with Mutinex. Mutinex Growth OX, your best decision starts here. To learn more about Mutinex, go to mutinex.co. That's M-U-T-I-N-E-X dot co. Okay, here's the rest of today's interview. So how are you thinking about solving those three problems? Well, I think there are probably a lot of answers to that. But I, again, I think about this in terms of what technology can do to help solve that. So how do you help people learn what kind of skills is you help organizations who have jobs describe the kind of skill pathways they're looking for? Or you have educational institutions or academia do a better job of saying, if you want this kind of job, then what we want to see from you are these skills. And that's starting to happen now. Some of the big online training organizations are doing that. We're seeing more of that in universities. And that is actually a pretty hot topic in this broader future of work conversation is create the pathways for the jobs of the future. It's a collaborative effort. How do you get people to get those skills? I think this is an awareness issue. LinkedIn Learning is doing a good job and other organizations are starting to come around to this notion that they need to offer a lot more training. And sometimes that needs to be free. Certainly, as I'm talking to people, I talk about the mindset around curiosity and the courage to go just try something new. I also like to talk about understanding the difference between digital context and digital fluency. 
that oftentimes you don't need to be a pro. I was never a programmer. I never coded. And yet I had a pretty successful career in technology. You don't need to go learn everything about technology in order to apply it well to a particular career. Sometimes you just need digital context, which is the difference between a six week course and a six month course, if you will. So, you know, there's a lot there around making online training platforms available to people generating an awareness and then also working through some of the issues around people's fear of technology. The elephant in the room oftentimes is that people don't study tech or get tech careers because A, they don't like it. It seems really boring or B, they don't think they're smart enough. And so you've got to do some work there. And then I, what was your, your third question? I've already, I've gotten so interested in your first two. Yeah. The third part of the question was kind of the marketing slant on this is great. Someone figures out what their career path is and they go get the education to allow them to enter the job market in a new fashion. How do they market themselves and how are we using technology to match the available jobs, sort of the new economy and then the upskilled workforce? You know, unfortunately, it's sort of a largely unsolved problem. Everybody is sort of taking a bite at it. LinkedIn, again, is doing a pretty good job of giving basically people a platform to market themselves, which is how I think of LinkedIn, and doing a good job of connecting them with recruiters and companies. And so I think we'll see a little more of that. But you raise a very important point around personal branding. And I think that's part of the story, you know, as people figure out what they want to do next, whether it's the same career or a different one and acquire all the new skills that they need. How do they start to talk about themselves? And I don't have an answer for that. I can only say that I think the victor is the person who goes first because right now companies themselves don't really know what skills they need for the new slate of jobs that they have. And so as long as you are marketing yourself, as long as you are sort of talking about, hey, I learned all these things and this is how I think it could apply, that itself demonstrates, I think, a bit of courage and curiosity, which are the underlying characteristics that you know people are often looking for. Last question I have for you, you know, we're talking about the future of work and there is this sort of changing of the economy where some people are being essentially moved out of the workforce based on their digital fluency. There's also the notion that borders don't really matter on a computer, right? You can hire people and have work done from all around the globe. And we do this a ton in the MarTech podcast. We have a global team. Talk to me about the internationalization of the global workforce and how you think that has changed the economy. Look, I think for sure we will have increasing amounts of globalization. And you know what? I think the pandemic is a great proof of that. Because every time you untether work from a physical location, you allow a lot more flexibility in terms of where people are. There are also some limits to what, depending on what industry you're in, uh, what can be done overseas versus here. Context matters and cultural context matters a lot. Language matters. And so there, there is always a little bit of an advantage, I think, having people work locally who understand context really well. So there are some probably areas where globalization will have less of an impact and others where it won't. So what does that mean? I think it just levels the playing field. You can either look at that from a defensive place, which is natural and understandable, where you feel like, oh my gosh, I was only competing with a thousand people and now I'm competing with a million people, or you just move forward anyway. Globalization is not a new phenomenon. It's becoming more and more real in certain industries and certainly within tech, but it is not a new phenomenon. So, you know, you've always had some level of competition to deal with. Access to technology will matter a lot. So 
if I'm thinking about this from a U.S. lens, I worry about people in this country who need jobs. Do we give them the right level of access to the skills they need to acquire? When it comes to internationalization, you know, I think that there's a great opportunity for business owners to get more done, expand their team, lower the cost of talent and labor, which in theory improves your business practices, which allows you to hire more skilled laborers as your business gets larger. It's one of the things that we've done here is we've used somebody in the Philippines and Egypt and Greece to help us produce our content and do our content production and sales. And, you know, it it helped us grow our business. And now we're looking for a domestically based person to help us do our ad sales. And so there is a, a value and you kind of work your way up to the higher skilled labor. But then again, I, you know, to use another metaphor, I think of the coal miner in West Virginia who has been using his hands and digging coal out of a mountain for the last 20 years. And all of a sudden they need to go sit in front of a laptop and learn how to be an up worker. That's a big challenge. That's a big departure from what that previous work experience was. So inherently the world is moving faster, becoming more international. Technology is allowing us to potentially create more value, but it does have some transitionary pains for a large group of people. Jennifer, we're going to bring you back tomorrow one last time, and we're going to talk a little bit about the use of technology for empowerment. I'm going to continue this conversation then. So that wraps up this episode of the MarTech Podcast. Thanks to Jennifer Byrne, former CTO of Microsoft US, for joining us. In the third part of this interview, which we'll publish tomorrow, Jennifer and I are going to talk about using technology for empowerment. If you can't wait until our next episode and you'd like to learn more about Jennifer, you can click on the link to her LinkedIn profile in our show notes. You can contact her on Twitter. Her handle is Jennifer A. Byrne 1. That's J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-A-B-Y-R-N-E 1. Or you could visit her website, which is JenniferByrneTalks.org. J-E-N-N-I-F-E-R-B-Y-R-N-E-T-A-L-K-S.org. Just one more link in our show notes I'd like to tell you about. If you didn't have a chance to take notes while you were listening to this podcast, head over to martechpod.com where we have summaries of all of our episodes, contact information for our guests. You can subscribe to our once a week newsletter. You can even send us your topic suggestions or your marketing questions, which we'll answer live on our show. Of course, you can always reach out on social media. Our handle is martechpod, M-A-R-T-E-C-H-P-O-D on LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. Or you can contact me directly. My handle is benjshap, B-E-N-J-S-H-A-P. And if you haven't subscribed yet and you want a daily stream of marketing and technology knowledge in your podcast feed, we're going to publish an episode every day this year. So hit the subscribe button in your podcast app and we'll be back in your feed tomorrow morning. All right, that's it for today. But until next time, my advice is to just focus on keeping your customers happy. Thanks for listening to the MarTech Podcast, and I hear everything production. Looking to launch or scale a podcast like this one for your brand? Then visit IHearEverything.com.